I know probably nearly every one of us can say somewhere, and probably more than once, that we've ever been in the top of a tall building or on the top of a mountain and enjoyed the view that we saw as we looked around us and below. It at times, especially on a mountain, when you view what you see there, it is unbelief. Words cannot describe the beauty that you behold when you stand on the top and view the beautiful creation below you that God has created for all of us to enjoy. Even a great building, and you look across, you see, as it were, the city that you're in. You're amazed and marveled at the technology that's been involved and what all happened in the past. The buildings erected, the streets being clear, I mean, the land being cleared, the trees and so forth to build the streets and the buildings of this city that you're in, that you're enjoying the view of this great time. Here we have a scene. We have a scene in which the king is told by this prophet who has been his right hand for all of these years that is dying. He says simply to the king, I want you to open the east window and we're going to take it from there. This morning we want to look at for a few moments what we might call life's windows. And we begin with the west window. This is known as simply, we might call it, the people's window. This is the one that faces toward the sunset of all our lives. We're familiar with the old hymn, Now the day is over, night is drawing nigh, shadows of the evening still across the sky. This is the window that you look out of in the, what we might call in retrospection. It is the window that as you look out of it, you realize very quickly that there are more days behind me than they are in front of me. It is memory's window. It is the one that we look through to remind us of the past, of the good things that happened, the fun times that we had with other people and family, the fun places or things that we went through in life, or even at times we reflect upon the bad things that happened to us. In our life that we've learned from, maybe we can help someone else. They don't have to go through the same thing we did because it's memory's window. Someone is happy to describe this window this way, that God gave us memory that we could have roses in the middle of December. And it's true. If life has come near to an end, we realize that we've got more behind us. If we reflect on the years, what few years we have before us, we're reminded of the fact that it is, to a child of God, this window is a marvelous thing to behold. To a child of God, as he looks out this window, he realizes, yes, there's more behind me. But yet as I look ahead, he looks beyond just what's in this life. He looks beyond and see what is in the next life to come. Could you imagine for a moment, Moses standing on the top of Mount Nebo, and there God said to him, here is the land that I promised Abraham. Here it is. And he gives Moses that last opportunity to behold this land as it described flowing with milk and honey. Enjoy it, uh, Moses. Here is this land I have promised. Now they're about ready to enter. 
But the beautiful thing of all of this is not so much the fact that Moses got to stand on the top of Mount Nebo and behold this beautiful promised land. He looked beyond and what happens? The most beautiful thing that could be said about any human being in Deuteronomy 24 simply says this, God buried him. What an honor. What an honor. Could you imagine for a moment to be realized, to say as your life ends, that you can say to someone, God buried me? What an honor. We think of the Apostle Paul. Here's a man we know as if we read of him in the beginning, a persecutor of the cause of Christ. But he ends up his life by saying, I have fought a good fight. This man's life drastically changed from a persecutor to a defender of the cause of Christ who spent his life spreading the gospel throughout the world of that day and time to eventually say at the end of his life, I'm glad I changed my life. I'm glad I changed my destiny. I'm not seeing misery. I have fought a good fight. Could you imagine again for a moment at the fact that Stephen's being stoned to death for defending the gospel as he looks out this window, what does Stephen see? As it tells us in Acts 7, he sees a son of man standing. Again, can you imagine the fact that God thinks enough of you when you die as his child, that he stands up? What an honor. Not only for Moses to have him being buried by God, but to have the Son of God stand as you're dying? What is more beautiful than that to look out this window? No wonder too many, so many Christians as they realize they're drawing their last breath begins to see over and over again if we keep hearing that they're seeing earth receding and they begin to see the heavens open. Life for them is better on the other side. But yet there are those who look out this window And they don't see that, do they? They see a life of misery. They see a life that has been played, as we would say, they played the fool through all of these years. Could you imagine for a moment Judas? There's only, when you mention his name, there's not but one thing you think of when you think of Judas Iscariot. What is that? He betrayed the Son of God. That's all you ever remember of him. We forget that he was part of the limited commission in Matthew 10. We also forget at times that he did see a lot of the miracles that Jesus performed. He saw these things done by the hand of the Son of God himself. But all we remember of Judas, and the last thing he sees as he looks out this west wind is the fact, I have betrayed the Son of God. You think of King Agrippa? He almost, didn't he? Heard one of the greatest sermons ever preached by the Apostle Paul, but had the audacity to tell him, almost, Paul, you're close, but you didn't move me enough to do it. I'm going to, I can't. Looks at this window and realizes how close she became a child of God and never did. Or by Felix, who never found that, and he looks at him, never found that convenient season. Come close, but never did. Like Agrippa, he was not that far away, but turned and walked away. Never found the convenient season. What about Demas? 
Demas is remembered for one thing. What? He walked away. This man was a Christian who had been with a, a friend and a follower and a worker with Paul. Walked away. All remember of him that is, uh, Paul said in his Second Timothy, Second uh, Timothy four. He what is it? He walked away simply because he loved the present world. This is what they see. So, what do you see when you look out this window? As you realize there's more days behind you than there are in front, what do you see? Is it good? Or do you want to pull the curtain so you can't look out no more? Another window we look out of is the south window. We'll call this the window of ease. All through your life, especially when you were working, how many times did you hear people tell you when you felt like the work was getting stressful and you were feel like you were being bombarded every side by this and that and the other, you had someone say, why don't you take some time off? Won't you just get away, go on a vacation, go visit somewhere, go visit somebody, or go off somewhere, have a good time, get away from all of this, forget work. Take it easy for a while. And you say to yourself, yeah, I think I'll do that, and we do. We come back. We come back, and when we come back, we're almost distressed as much as we were when we left. Because we cannot really get work off our minds, especially now if our cell phones are with us. <laughs> Can't get away from it. But when it comes to the soul, this is deadly. It's deadly. And that's what we need to always remember. There are certain words, we'll call them ugly words if you want to, that still shock us. We still will perk an ear if we hear on the news that someone was killed because we want to know if it's somebody that we knew or was it in our neighborhood or in our city. We hear the word kidnap. The first thing that comes to our mind is, who was it? And we always hope pray it wasn't a child because in our day and time when we hear of a child being kidnapped, we have the most worst of faults of what's going to happen to them. We hear the word steal. It don't seem to bother us too much anymore because it's just common as buying groceries. But we still pay attention because we want to make sure it wasn't something that we had that was stolen. But there is that easy speaking word that is as deadly as snake venom. And that is the word easy. See, it flows off the lips quite easily, doesn't it? It's almost hypnotic. Why would we say that it's almost hypnotic? Why would we say to ourselves, be careful looking out this window? Because the thing that comes to mind is the fact there's such a thing, it's the spiritual paralysis that comes from looking out this window. Instead of fighting the good fight, still of marching forward as a good soldier of Christ, 
we find ourselves sitting on a bench watching others go on by and said, I'll catch up with you later. I've got to sit down. Our Savior reminded us by, what do you tell about putting a hand to the plow? Don't look back. Don't look back. So it brings paralysis. Any endeavor that we start to do for the cause of Christ, whether at, a, at ourselves as being simply a Christian doing good things, or as a part of the congregation and what they're involved in, we quit. So our endeavors end because we become lazy. We quit working. And most of all, it does decay the soul. It does decay the soul. God frowns heavily upon those who drift and dream. We've all met the people who talk about what all they're going to do in life and what makes what they say don't have any meaning behind it because of all this talk of what we're going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get involved in that. I'm going to work on this. I've got this in my mind. And you notice one thing, they ain't moved an inch. They've talked... But they've never done this. They have said in life, here's all we're going to plan to do. We've got great ideas. We're going to be this and be that. And you've never moved. God doesn't like those who sit and dream. Remember in Amos 6 and 1, Woe to them, he said, who are at what? At ease in Zion. Why? Because in this kingdom there is no room for sitting down. There's no room for dreaming on. There is work to be done. That's what he's trying to tell us. But akin to ease is another word. It's like it. That's the word indifference. Indifference takes attitude. I'm doing fine. I don't need to change. I'm doing all right. I got a job. I make my bills are being paid. The bank's off my back. No, the bill collectors are not bothering me. I'm doing okay. Okay, let me ask you this. What about the soul? You may think you are at ease as it were in life, but what about the soul? What about the ones you hear at times saying, I'm getting along just fine in life. Who needs God? Who needs God? I'm fine. Everything's being taken care of. But watch this. As soon as disaster strikes, who is the first person they scream for? Woe to them. Amos said to those who are at ease at Zion. We don't need to tarry too long looking out this window. It will lull you to sleep. It will lull you to complacency. And it will lull you to sit down and do nothing. The next window we want to look out of is simply the north window. This window's view is bleak, it is cold, it is drear, it is barren. 
is not a window that you look out of and see flowers blooming and dogwood trees in, in full bloom and flowers blooming everywhere. It is thorns, thistles, and tumbleweeds, so to speak. Nothing pretty about it whatsoever. Its landscape, as you look out across it, is filled with crime, lust, greed, hate, war, and everything we can think of that besets the human race. It's what you see. Another way of putting it is, is what you hear every night on the news, local and national and international. What you hear every night. Do you hear anything ever good going on in this world in those newscasts? Rarely to never. But we hear everything that's going on that's bad. Or maybe I should repeat that and say everything they want us to think that's bad. Maybe I need to put it that way instead. But this is the window that we look out of. And this is the window that challenges us the most. It is the window that we have to fight very, very hard when we look out this window. Because if you're not careful, it will simply destroy you. And destroy your outlook on life. It is the window in which a lot of people look out of, but simply by fact, because it brings out to many people, they become pessimistic. Socrates, hundreds of years ago, said this world is going to the dogs. Hmm. Is that still true? This is what we see in many. People are pessimistic. They see nothing good ever happening. They don't see any brightness coming at all. They don't see no sunrise over the hills, so to speak. It's all doom and gloom. Dark, cloudy day. Wind blowing, as it were, so to speak. And it's cold. To others, it brings out distrust. We find that people are looking at those who own businesses and they don't trust them anymore because at one place or another they've been handed a raw deal and never could get it corrected, never could get it replaced or repaired or whatever it needed to be. The guy just simply refused to do anything about it and basically said, you're stuck with it, God bless you, and move on. We look at others, we realize in our day and time, we look at bankers, people look at the banks and says they're not trustworthy anymore. All they want is your money. And everything with it. Lawyers are unprincipled. And definitely we can say this for nearly every one of us, lawmakers are corrupt. This is what happens when we look out this window, it is sad to behold what we see. But this is what we see every time we look out this one. It's not going to change. It's always going to be this way. And what makes it sad is the fact that I know this for a fact. I work with the behavioral health providers that are that have networks and contracts with Blue Cross of Tennessee. 
I know for a fact. I talk to them. They're busier now than they've ever been in their lifetime in this profession. That's a fact. And right now, there's nearly as many of them as they are the medical side. This is the world we're living in. That's not, that is not being funny, that's being real. This is the world we're living in. And that is what we're having to deal with. It is extremely hard as to look out this window because it will cause you to be depressed, pessimistic, destroy you all the way around. But as a child of God looks out this window, and he has to, because it's part of life, we can't get around it. But when he looks out this window, the child of God has one thing that keeps him going in the midst of all of this. And that is our Savior looked out this window and he rectified it at Calvary. So if we look at it that way, if our Savior can look out this window, so can we. So can we. We can do it. Because our Savior looked at it and faced it, and so can we. That is what keeps us going when we look out this window. We know we are not alone. But then we open the east window. This is the window that was to, uh, uh, the king was told to open by the prophet Elisha. I want you to open, he says, this window. This window that faces the east. Here after many years of faithful service, Joash is losing his right arm, his best friend, his confidant, the man he leaned upon for help when he needed it, and he was helping him as, hey, what, God, I need this done, how can God help me go to Elisha? Elisha was there for him to help him through. And Joash is saddened because he realized, I'm about to lose my right arm. I'm about to lose my best friend. I'm, about, I'm losing my one, one friend that's my communicator between me and God. And as he weeps, Elisha tells him to open the east window. Why? Why that one? Because which side of the earth does the sun rise on? From the east. And David is the one who described this the best. You can't top this. This ought to be the attitude of every child of God every morning. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You can't top that one for describing today. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the the window that shows us that we're going to make it. 
We take the uh, child of God's stick attitude. Nothing will happen to me this day that my God and I together cannot conquer. This is a brand new day. The past is gone. Can't change it. <laughs> Can't relive it either. It's gone. The future's still out yonder. But this is the day the Lord has made. And this is the time of the morning or the day in the morning when we ought to pray and thank God for the new day. We ought to be thankful for that we've made it to this day, that we've had a night's rest. And we're able to face whatever this day presents to us, we'll make it through it. It is a day of deliverance. It is a day in which we have attitude. Nothing will depress us and nothing will defeat us. Do we need this window today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably more than we've ever had before. Why? Can we truly say that we're living in chaotic times? No one better not do this. <laughs> better do this. Yes, we're living in some very chaotic times. But yet, when we look at it, even with the fact that we're living in chaotic times, what do we need to remind ourselves? This is the day that the Lord has made. It's a new day. We survived the day before. Here's a new day. So it becomes, as it were, in that respect, a day of deliverance, a day of helping us. No no other generation we can truly say has faced what we're facing right now in a very long, long time. We can truly say we're living in a time when the youth of our country is more materialistic-minded than they've ever been before. And also a time in which God is being slowly and deliberately shoved out of their lives. That's not a riddle, that's a fact. We are in horrible times. The solution we all know. The solution is what Christ told His disciples in the upper room. I am the way. He put it straight. He put it right. I am the way. I am the only one who can get you through the day. I am the only one that can help you through your problems. I am the one who created this beautiful sunrise you adore every morning. I am the way. Because one thing is assured, and we know it all. Atheism and the political left have nothing whatsoever to offer us. None whatsoever. They can't do it. All that they're able to do is spread confusion, doubt, hysteria, and despair. They cannot do anything else. This is the day the Lord has made. We're thankful 
for the simple fact that we are allowed by God's great goodness to live to see this day. Whether we see it to the end, we do not know. But still, as today is today, it is still the day the Lord has made. Paul giving his brethren at Corinth some strength in the midst of a congregation that probably had more problems than we can ever possibly imagine. And Paul dealt with many of them in both books to that congregation. Remind him as he wrote to him in that second one, in the fourth chapter of that second epistle, he simply says this, Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. What was Paul telling us? You're going to make it through this day. You've looked out this beautiful east window. You beheld the sunshine. You're going to make it. And here's how. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. My question is today is which window are you looking out of right now? Only you know the answer to that. Only you know which one that you are looking out of right now at this very moment. If it is anything but the east one, something is wrong, isn't there? Something is bad wrong. If you're looking out any window but the east one, something is wrong. If you're not a child of God, you're seeing the world in the midst of all the turmoil and hatred and everything else you can think of going on right now and lost and bewildered and wondering what's going to happen. Outside of Christ, you really don't have much hope. But if you become a child of God and start this day forward walking with Him as His precious child, the world will still look the same, but the difference is this. You will not lose heart. You can move forward and face it because our Savior has already faced it for us and paved the way so we can do the very same thing. This morning, if you're a child of God and you're not looking out the east window, what happened? What caused you to move away from that window to go look at the others? Here's an opportunity as God's child to come home. Ask His forgiveness. He's promised you that He will. And forget. And make sure when you leave here today, you're looking out that right window, the east one. It's together we stand in while we sing.